0: What it is, what's up, Gotcha podcast in the cut. It tells us a, a Sharif Cooper podcast, and we're going to just go right into it. But well, let me name my takeaways first. This is Trey Takeaways, but i got a fourth bonus one for y'all today. Um, so, namely, Sharif Cooper, first takeaway, obviously. Going to do a whole segment on him. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about the defense, which I think if you've been watching the past few games, uh the opinion of the defense is probably regressed quite a bit for you. And third, um, not last, but third, we have a conversation about the team as a whole and how I think the maybe not the makeup, but the style of play, how I believe it should go going forward, and then we'll get into my bonus to close it out. Um, hope y'all doing good. Good ass on the armor fan right now. Some football content, but I don't know if I'll cover that quite yet. My mic is also about three feet away from me. So if you're hearing me right now, uh, good on you. If you're not, uh, it's too late for me to move it. Sorry. S-H-A-R-I-F-E Cooper. Cooper, the stuper-duper party pooper for Alabama fans. Almost. Uh, One of the more, um, I forget the definition of this word, but magnanimous uh, scenarios when it came to the NCAA, and it it was an at-large issue. It also occurred in football to quite a uh, shorter degree, but the NCAA, it seems specifically the SEC secretary of the NCAA, had problems with... Allowing players to play this season. Uh, your Joey Gatewards, your Kate Mays, and unfortunately, Trey Cooper and basketball fell in front of that same uh, envelope. Umbrellas the word I meant to use there, but we'll just keep on going. Umbrella. And, you know, we, we were at a part where about two days before the two, three days before, uh, insiders started boasting that, I won't say boasting, but they started. started um, relaying what they were told by their sources that there was some kind of investigation going on and that coincided at the same time we announced the postseason ban so I think it scared a lot of people to think thinking to correlate it. They end up not being correlated. Um, trying to find improper benefits uh, from Sharif's dad who was also an agent is what the NCAA was doing. Evidently uh, over the past I think the first game was Thanksgiving Day so over the past six weeks. I guess they never found anything of consequence. Uh which I mean a completely asinine, nonsensical witch hunt by the NCAA. I mean literally what they were laying off of or what they were, I guess using their bases, a for this what I remember being reading. A um Sharif's dad or Sharif was just living very lavish. Uh, I've even seen Sharif's car. It's a uh, some kind of BMW uh, but like not your t- typical like shitty like eighty thousand uh, a year job BMW the I three or whatever the fuck it's called. But like the nice the nice being like drop top joints that cost good money. He uh, yeah, had one of them Jones. Uh, I saw him like a Saturday before the first game, and I mean you can't really miss him. The hair alone you can't really miss him. Um, really nice car. Uh, family's been living lavish for a couple years. B, the pipeline that Auburn has with Ekron Products or other AAU guys from Cooper. Um, or maybe the other guys got established first and Cooper came second, but I'm pretty sure it's Cooper first, other guys second. Uh, Coro, Cambridge, Babatune, Akimbola, uh namely. I think Lawson and Car will fall into that kind of situation. Uh, and C, I think at large they were saying that he might have had a part in flipping other guys that didn't go to Auburn and take like other guys from that high school or in Cooper's general circle, and Omar would, I guess, be some middle ground between them and other colleges, something like that. Anyway, Those are the, the proposed theories why this was happening, but obviously nothing of light came out because if it was those situations, obviously... Scherzer sure, have been condemned. And we finally got him in what you could contend is the biggest game Auburn had other than the uh, Gonzaga game. And, I mean, just at the perfect time. On a three-game skid in the SEC, with uh, Powell largely being ineffective amongst that stretch, if not just being outright out. Um, Flanagan being okay when he wasn't being the primary ball handler at the point, just... A boring. Um, no offense, Flanagan. I think Flanagan is a legitimate NBA player in a couple of years, but just not a point guard, obviously. Um, Jamal Johnson having you know start. I'm not going to p- p- player by player, but just saying that like over the past few games, some there been some highs and some lows, but overall you guys have been unable to finish games. And with Sharif, you kind of figure, okay, if for anything you replace Powell with, it's a better version of facilitator offense looks pretty capable most of the time when it's not Flanagan running point or the late great Tyrell Jones. Um, usually look capable. Look beyond capable today. Uh, nine assists from Sharif Cooper alone. Uh, and I would contend that there's probably about oh, I don't know, like six assists that's left on the court. We had 17 assists overall as a team, which is just huge to think about. Flanagan, who works better as an off-ball, quote-unquote facilitator, um, got four. Jamal got one. JT got two. Cambridge got one. Um, I would say at least about four assists from, that should have been Cooper's when we left on the court. Did not finish with a double-double but very easily should have. Um, His rivalry. Primo looks like he's 28 years old. Shut up, Dan Dacich. Which, by the way, shout out Dan Dacich. A very interesting individual compared to who we usually get to cover these games. But shut up, Dan Dacich. Anyway, so Cooper, assist-wise, everything that was promised. Uh, passing, vision, Sensational. And, I mean, obviously we're not having any point guards here for a while. We're probably a little, little bit, you know, buzzed and, like, kind of... um kind of like, just like, oh, anything is good. Anything you give us is good. Just feed us, just feed us. But that dude looked good. Like, I was trying to play the side with some Auburn fans on a board I was discussing, like, okay, well, some of these pads I can see. Not anybody can really make, except maybe Jared Harper in our recent history. He is two times a facilitator as Jared Harper. And the thing about Jared Harper, Jared Harper's like a legitimately like smart player. He can set up an offense. Smart player. I don't think he has ever shown the passing angles that Sharif has. I don't think he's ever shown the uh, the preception, the ability to preconceive where someone's going to be at off of, like basically timing your passes and putting touch on them. Jared Harper was okay at that. He wasn't Sharif Cooper. He was, not, he was even good at it. He just wasn't Sharif Cooper. Sharif, uh, I have the highlights pulled up from Swish, my go-to uh, basketball highlight page, and um, if you look at, there's two of them. The in transition cross court bounce passes to Jamal Johnson. Like they only get talked about it by the announcers, or so I didn't even really see too many people comment about him either. But to put enough backspin off of these bounce passes, like his defenders in front of Jamal Johnson, like not directly in front of him, obviously, he the pass, but like there is somebody capable. To steal that ball if it's not thrown right, and to time it to where it bounces like in the shooting pocket for Jamal Johnson, I'll be a little bit out from the normal three point line, so he didn't pull up on him. Uh, he didn't pull up on one; I think he pulled up on the other one. But the point being, like just the understanding of where to put the ball at, I think Sharif might have had might have had two. Like bad decision on what to do with the ball when looking for somebody else. Uh, I know last possession when he was trying to get a screen with Jalen. I think it was either Herb or um, or Bruner who was on Cooper that possession. Uh, The screen was not good. Uh, The two guys pretty much doubled Cooper. Cooper couldn't really get like I I think he tried to do the um, the not the skip pass, but the throw ahead pass between the two of them when he saw the trap coming. Wasn't really a viable option. So he passes back out to, um, to Cambridge. Not to Cambridge. Um, was it, I think it was Jalen. He passes back to Jalen. Jalen isn't even, like, looking for the ball like, at that point. He's trying to, like, reestablish the screen. And it just is a mess. Something similar happened earlier in the game, but I don't know exactly what point. But for the most part, and especially early in the game, uh, Cooper is facilitating, which is sensational. Um... Scoring, that part was not there early in the game. He was clearly having troubles with, um, you know, the kind of side and winner just put his head down to get to the bucket. Um, in his defense, not only did the lead guard, who I think typically was um, was Bruner, and then kind of Herb and uh, Ellis also. I think Ellis put a lot of time on him too, but uh, those three kind of all kind of rotated on him from time to time. All three are very capable at the um, like on-ball defenders, uh, especially Herbert Jones. And what would happen is usually somebody typically off the big, the rolling big, would like pretty much just shadow and give help off Sharif. And if sometimes there's even like a double, like double help coming off. And Cooper read that right. Usually it'd be about the three-pointers when they were like, what would happen is Sharif would drive, and then the wing defenders would kind of help just a possession in my head. And then that possession, one, one such being Cambridge being open on the left um, side, and him, the one three he made today, was such a situation in which collapsed came, Sharif saw and passed it out. But there was like, probably, I want to say like eight instances of that occurring at minimum. And unfortunately, I only scored on about half of those. Um, but also a ton of situations which. Sharifa would drive. Uh, other guys ran their lanes well. And he could just hit a alley-oop from any angle. Get it to the hand at any point. And those opportunities were there. Like If you watch the um, armor game against... I want to say... Either the first game or the game against uh, Gonzaga. Powell had quite a few alley-oop opportunities. And you can also say that the guys who were catching were not like necessarily in the rhythm yet of knowing like where he was gonna time them. But Powell also just didn't know consistently throw those alleys. He saw the opportunity, he just didn't have the ball placement. And Sharif just turned it up to 10 today. So um, I, I know I was supposed to say scoring, but also just another way to remark about facilitating. Um and yeah scoring came alive uh, in the second half more so uh he's really good at hesitation you can see it in his highlights really good at hesitating uh stopping and going Uh, really live dribble, really gets like just bogged down, dribbling the ball Uh, doesn't do too much dribble, dribble kind of gets the ball in his hands uh, whenever, he really just doesn't feel like he can make something happen Um, his shot, I think is going to be the part it's going to be the hardest part for him to refine at this moment because he kind of like it's kind of in a flow, but it's kind of a hitch too, and this is like his first shot his first um, game, right so maybe he'll Maybe he was overcompensating or something like that for a um, length or just distance. I don't know, but it's really slow and plodding. And it like kind of comes behind his head a little bit. Uh, it's kinda, like, I feel like the balls are too heavy for him sometimes. Like he just kind of like has to chug it up sometimes. Um, his shot for his height, uh, it's going to be very tough to have. Great shooting nights. Now, that I'm kind of referring that it it'd be contested. His shots when they were open also were missing today. That can't happen. But I'm sure something that could be more finely tuned than just his overall jump shot. But I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of it. But it worked against a couple of contested situations, such as his mid range and his um, step back three. Uh, so yeah, scoring. I'll give his his shot like a. It's worse than I thought it'd be. I'd give it like a C. Ish, uh, I'd give his driving an A. Uh, he knows when to drive in the past better than anybody else I've seen come through those halls. Um, his off-ball movement, there wasn't much of that, obviously, in this system. But hopefully when Powell comes back, maybe we'll see a couple of those staggered sets where, you know, we see Powell running point and Sharif going off-ball. Guys run decent off-ball screens here. Like, Jamal Johnson gets open quite a few times off of those. So maybe I could do that for Sharif too, but and you to see much of that today, if any. Um, rebounding, he's not a very effective rebounder at all. He had one rebounder of his own miss, but other than that, he kind of didn't like, jump up for him. I guess he kind of just knows himself, and um, how much length we have for the other guys in the court with him kind of makes more sense for him to just be out the way, but that's just something I, I noticed. Uh, defense, I thought he going to be a pretty bad defender based on his wingspan and his this frame period. But he's smart he's smarter with his hands than I thought he'd be. Uh it's kind of like a trope at this point that like shorter guys that go with their hands, uh giggity-giggity. Uh, when it comes to defense, but that's not always the case. Uh Jared Harper was. Jared Harper had, like fucking like six, seven, six eight arms, uh, in terms of his wingspan. So, you know, rare case, obviously, Cooper being like I think six foot and having like a six foot wingspan or five eleven to six foot, something like that. Pretty much one-on-one. That's not good, but you know he came. He made up for it. He ripped. Uh, I think it was Bruner. He did Bruner or Ellis early in the game. Had two other steals. Um, play he, he didn't play the passing lanes great. He lost his man quite a few times, especially if it's like he was playing zone and he was in the middle of the zone. Lost a guy quite often around the rim. Uh, I think a lot of his problems were just film. He just needs to like see his own self on film. I think he'll improve. But overall, I mean, I've been talking about this for a while. I'll give Cooper's performance uh, a. I want to say A. Plus. The only reason I want not say A plus is because. And I know he was tired. He was dead tired by the end of the game. But even with that, he still, I think, should have ran the sets uh, in the last two minutes. He just was pretty much gunning. Like, just. He saw the, he saw the deficit. He thought he had the juice. He was just gunning, just trying to get his own. And I don't think that was the way to play that out. Uh, especially if you need a three-point, I mean, you got, you got Jamal Johnson the court. Uh, you know, Cambridge isn't a knockdown dude, but he can kind of give you something there. He's made some uh, tough shots and tough moments. Um, even Flanagan, I think, would have been a better shot than just Cooper pulling up. I think at that point, like, by the time he started just gunning, he's like one of four from three. in the one of seven. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, I think that's a black mark on, on his performance. But overall, I would say A at the, the minimum. Uh, still looks like a five-star point guard that could have went to the NBA, you know, after one year. I don't know if he still will, but he has the ability to do so. Um, his final stat line, I believe, was 32 minutes, which, okay, I, I know a lot of people said 32 minutes doesn't sound that much. thing is 32 minutes with the qualifier, he pretty much – had a massive usage rate. The ball touched his hands almost every time, and out of necessity. When it touched other people's hands, didn't touch his, usually it's pretty bad. Uh, eight and 19 from the field. The play was significantly better in the second half before he started chucking. I think he missed four, th- four shots, maybe three shots, something like that. So he had a stretch where he's pretty much dynamite. Uh, one seven from three, nine and 10 from the strike. I remember the one he missed, I was like, this is uh, just, like, just kind of sloppy from got his standard. He didn't miss miss another one for the rest of the game. So, four rebounds, three defensively, three steals, uh, five turnovers, which isn't good. But, again, they may be fixed on. Only three personal fouls. Uh, Going from there, we have – what did I say? I've been talking for a while, bro. Uh, (laughs) uh, Was it a team? Is that the second one? Or the defense? The overall defense? The overall defense. There we go. All right, I know I said I had a third and a fourth. as A fourth being a bonus. I don't remember what the bonus was, but I remember the gist of what it was supposed to be. So we're going to just combine them. Um, In a sense, I think this is a really quality team if everybody is 100%. I think they should be far better when I think of what they are good at and what they're not good at going into next season. So I think the projected lineup, if everybody stays committed, will more than likely be Cooper, Powell, Flanagan, Jabari, and Thor. That gives you three plus defenders and one who's okay, like not laterally the greatest, but smart in passing lanes. Um, And, you know, wingspan long and Powell. I think Cooper, to me, uh, listen, this is Cooper's first game and probably against what will more likely be one of the top three teams in the SEC. Um, but Cooper, like, defensively, his tendencies just don't seem to be there. Again, first game. Um, not not a great defender regardless, but I think he's better than what he showed at that point. However, I think if what's important is that he'll be able to be hidden more um, into next season. I, I think Jabari should be, after his first couple games, a pretty elite defender. I mean, he has all the makings of, of at least a really good one. Um, and Thor should be... I, I bet if Dork just put on more weight and kind of figure out, you know, less gambling, more connecting on those blocks. I, I mean, he's going to be a monster. I mean, it's just that simple. And Flanagan, I think Flanagan, to me, I think we kind of overrated Flanagan um, at points as the season has progressed. He appears to still be a very good at the point like on the not on the points and the point guard but like on the ball uh pressing up defender i, I think where he gets lost is that he um i i, I don't think he's mentally as good as a and i think that's the comparison people always want to go with the so just feed into that for a second I think Okoro is still mentally a better defender. Like, Okoro knows when to go for steals a little bit better. He knows when to body up a little bit better. He, um... I don't think I've ever seen Okoro bite on anything. And Okoro... I mean, I'm obviously Flanagan... Probably is still a sore spot. But Flanagan did bite to pretty much wrap up a game against a and a couple games ago. Um... And not only that against them, but... It, it just goes to show that I think Okoro is just a more sound defender at this moment. But... Okoro is probably like as close to a generational defender without being maybe always described as one of those that you could probably be uh, a guy that routinely will finish with like less than 10 points and still be a plus on the day. Uh, that's that's pretty tough to be, by the way, <laughs> to play like 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes to be a, a quasi starter, if not a real starter most nights um, and to still finish a plus or minus while scoring less than 10 points. It's very difficult to do that. So, I, I think that that's a discrepancy that is worth mentioning. I think Flangan needs to be well, he's a smarter defender versus, like, learning some new trick or refining some of his own abilities. I think he's still physically a very sound defender. and do uh, Maybe not, like, not as good side-to-side side as um, Cora. but, like, that's—I'm not saying it's going to be bad. He's still really good side-to-side, side, just not, like, elite. Like, you're not going to really blow past coral very often. Um, really, so you have what I've defined as three plus defenders. Now, offense, you probably have five legitimate, like really good offensive guys, uh, college level and maybe NBA level too. I would say the only guy there that you can consider, like maybe he's refining his skill set on, on offense to really make it in the NBA long term, is probably Flanagan. The thing about Flanagan is he has a good catch and shoot shot that. It's only getting better. Um, If you look at his catch-and-shoot opportunities, I think he went one of two in that last game, something like that. And then he made a three where he kind of just came up and shot it. But the ones that I think he needs to either continue working on to make it on NBA level or maybe take less of them. I would probably prefer less of them. But they, they have worked before. It's kind of the dribble... Um, like standing dribble and then step back threes, or just standing dribble into two or three. Um, those don't work with the Sharif. But like, like, essentially, what you're doing is you're taking the ball out of the hands of your best dribbler and best four general. You're giving it to a guy that, for the most part, I would say is pretty. Um, uh, what's the one looking for? Predictive or predictable? Um, I, I mean he can he can get but like, he can get to the cup. And he's been far better at that year over year. But I think for the most part, you kind of know at a certain point in the possession that he's going to settle for a three. I think what works for him is against offense going like the first two or three seconds that he has the ball or kicking it. And I don't think necessarily I don't know if they look at analytics much in the Auburn basketball department, but I would imagine analytics support that. It seems like when he gets to like the eight second mark, nine second mark, it's pretty much should be like a BS uh, three and more times connected than not or contested than not. So I think it works, but at the time, same time, Cooper needs to have the ball in his hands. Like the ball just pops more with them in his hands. The sets get run versus just ball stopping and Flanagan, excellent at doing what he wants to do when it calls for it. But also, with Cooper not being a reliable outside threat himself right now at this very moment, and most of the time, the guy being in, subbing in for power right now, being a like Cambridge or somebody like that, um, there's a lot of help defense that comes that kind of makes it tough for him. Um, so I, I just don't think his style of offense, that style of offense that has worked for us without Cooper and without Power a little bit, is what we need with those two there. So he's going to work on that become more of just a, a selfless player. Uh, but other four guys, I mean, just complimentary as heck. Uh, look, I mean, just think about this the Cambridge getting like floating around the uh, three point line, uh, kind of prodding at the the, uh, the rim until Cooper drives in and then floats back out and gets the three. When I mean, think about those Jamal Johnson shots, those Cambridge shots from Alabama, but think about Powell instead. He, to me, is kind of. I think some people are going to think like Steph and Clay. I would think more so. I don't think it has the same wetter that Trey has, the outside threat, but Trey and Werder, Kevin Werder makes more sense to me. Just because Kevin Wetter is kind of like your ultimate like Swiss knife guy, but not like that Clay level or that a uh, Bradley Bill level, like complimentary to guard, more like just that tertiary or, or yeah, about tertiary level. Uh he can put the ball in the court very well, very adequate facilitator, bigger body. Uh, he, he makes more sense along with Sharif than he does all on the bench, so you're gonna start him. I think some people want to see Cambridge starting at that three spot instead of um, Flanagan, and I could I could see why. This reason to be made. I think the more the, like the biggest reason is gonna be because Cambridge is more complimentary, But C- Cambridge's offense is not consistent night to night, and I think that would at least in my mind want to have it would at least have a, a factor in my mind. I would at least think to myself, okay, this matchup let's say Cooper 3 Cooper's 3 does not get significantly better from this point on which it should but let's just say not um so you have one guy who's just not an amazing shooter but you have Powell who's great you have Jabari who should be a good 3 point shooter by the middle part of his first year and you have JT Thor who who has the potential of being a good shooter but right now his shot isn't I think I don't think he trusted enough and I think he probably shouldn't shoot as much as he is just because of how good he can make. So probably about you want to like combine all in all probably two and a half decent like all together, two and a half decent shooters around um, around Cooper. I think mean, you'd want like to take out Cambridge, who is more streaky for Flanagan. Is a more assured thing at that outside spot, but either way, you're gonna want that three to be off ball, and I think it would make also more. I don't know about this one because, I mean, you want the second unit to be as as close to the first unit in terms of the flow of the offense as you can be. Uh, I think to Jared Harper and Javon McCormick, both guys went fast. Uh, I think Jayvon just kind of went fast on his own and other guys kind of got it how they got it, but Jared Harper kind of went fast got other guys involved a little bit in a fast break, but I would think with Trey Alexander running the back, backup point next year, more than likely, um, He's going to be gunning and running, and I think it would make more sense to have someone who's free flowing like Cambridge with him and just hope that Flanagan can be less of a ball stopper in the starting position because Cambridge makes a lot of. Cambridge gives, if he's shooting well, uh, Alexander Space and kind of work, who is an amazing guy, just around the rim for a, a guard and also good at mid ranges. You want to give him space as you can. And also, you have hopefully a more accurate uh, Akin Bola to kind of give him a little bit of help, maybe. Probably more Cardwell and Akin Bola. And also give him um, Jamal Johnson, who is obviously a knockdown guy at this point in his career. So I think the future is really bright. The units they potentially can run uh, all the sight me for the most part. And for the rest of the season, I think I would like to see more of um, Chris Moore and Javon Franklin. Especially Javon Franklin, because I believe that they're going to need another spot at some point on the scholarships. And to me, those two guys are clearly the two you want to, you probably have to force out if things go one way or the other. Chris Morton, I to be kind of a hustle big that just is there. Uh, kind of works around the rim a little bit decent at slashing. Javon Franklin, I, I think he'd be the odd man out of this moment. Um, it's hard to say, but... I th- to me, it would make the most sense to get him out of here. And I'm not saying to be mean or, you know, kind of like, kind of make fun of the guy. But I think if the numbers game is crunched, it's going to be those two. And I would probably go with the latter. Not anything against him again. But I'd like to see those two get some more burns to see which one is the one that kind of has to go. Um, Akim Bola, I think, is a guy that was staged because the de- defensive presence and being a part of that um AOT Slash um, uh Pipeline Pipeline He's gonna be probably Very Teflon-ish Around here So there's that Um they, need, they really need to Shore up That last spot And figure out Who is Going to stay And who's not And past that I think I just wanna see More Cooper and Powell Meshing Those two are gonna Obviously be The two we need To kind of develop That Synergy A la Jared and Bryce Going into next season maybe more accurate, uh, Javon and Samira. But that's it. That's, that's my thoughts. Um, my voice may be a little bit rough, just for the sake of that cold may be coming in. The cold weather has beating me up a little bit. Um, so that that's a, a thing that's I'm going through currently. But I don't think there's anything more than that. And also, just lazy, tired sorry the day I tried to get this done the first time couldn't get it done so I get it done now and I wish I got it done earlier I uh, hope you'll enjoy go watch more Auburn basketball support uh, support this podcast there if you can um, social media in the, the discog- discography the bio um, PayPal I think not PayPal uh, Venmo donation link and also in the bio and just share the podcast if you can't afford to donate most people shouldn't donate to this until it gets better it needs to be a better product honestly in my opinion for you donate but if you're so entwined entwined entranced to do so then please do so you can also fuck me goodness gracious you can also send voice messages and uh talk to me there but other than that uh peace